Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. gentlemen i am your host blake rafino this is are you serious sports we hope that you guys are making it a good one we know that we are as well huge show in store for you tonight as <laughs> i guess as it really seems every four to five years we have a new head coaching search for lsu football i know les was here for a while but this seems like every single year we have a new coaching search whether it be oc dc regardless of who it is off we go welcome aboard because we got a new coaching search talk with some coaches around the sec today um we will touch on that got some news uh one coach what one sec coach told me today about what some of the sec coaches are saying now that the job is opened uh at lsu we will touch on that who are we hearing about Edwards Ron's replacement? Some things that we can confirm, some things that we can't confirm, uh, but we still will talk about uh, both of those. We will talk about recruiting. It's not something that we talk about much on this show, but I will give my thoughts around recruiting. Uh, had a busy day. Talked to one recruit last night. Um, very high-rated recruit last night, and got his thoughts around about LSU. We will discuss uh, that as well. Carter, the power Bryant joins us around 720 we'll talk some LSU we'll kick some things around with him we'll talk some scheme and what he saw on his film breakdown about LSU um and the game against Florida what can they do against Ole Miss this upcoming week uh hashtag Rudy Pooh of the week and we'll go around the SEC to end the show so Tennessee fans I'm not gonna miss you Tennessee fans throwing shit on the field I'm not gonna miss you we're going to get to you, and we're going to tee off. We're going to tee off. Uh, but before we get started, guys, as always, do me a favor by hitting the like and share. If you're on Facebook, hit the like button, hit the share button, share to your uh, social media pages, share to Facebook groups. Uh, guys, uh, something that we're, we're, I'm really excited about, our YouTube channel is constantly growing. Uh, 141 new subscribers. Uh, this month alone. Very excited about that. If you're watching us on YouTube, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and notification bell uh, uh, before you uh, exit the show. And if you're on Periscope Twitter, don't forget to hit the retweet. And if you're listening to us on the podcast audio podcast, don't forget to subscribe uh, there as well. But before, let's do this. Let's get to a couple of comments before we get started. As always, John Landry says, fire Scott Woodward. LOL. No. Kenny, Fitt, uh, Kenny Futch says a new era. That is true. We have a new era of LSU football. And I will say this, so everybody watching and listening, um, people around the SEC, I can't speak around the country, but I can speak around the SEC. A lot of people are, are have their eyeballs wide open 
to see what Scott Woodward and LSU is going to do for their next head coaching uh, or for their next head coach. We'll discuss that. We will discuss that. Uh, Peter Smith says, tell the truth Monday. Yeah, I'm going to have to ask you guys that question um, because, you know, every Monday during football season, we do tell the truth Monday. Uh, maybe we'll come up with a new rendition of that uh, since Coach Orgeron won't be around uh, next season. But we'll we'll continue to do that this season, and we'll figure out something uh, next year so we break down and because I know a lot of people like that when we do that. Tell the truth Monday, y'all. It's only a couple more Mondays we can do it. <laughs> only a couple more Mondays we can do it. That's somewhat depressing. And Devin Stobbs is Jacob Hester for head coach. How about that? I know we'll beat Florida every year. Jacob Hester is head coach, says Devin. All right. Well, let's do this. Let's pay some bills around this thing, and then let's get the show started. None better than good friends over at GM Varno and Sons, betonline.ag. Guys, with 64 years of experience, nobody is better equipped to service in your vehicle than GM Varno and Sons. RV repair, big rig overhauls, motorhome chassis, routine maintenance, tire rotations, tire sales. No job is too big or too small over at GM. 225-664-9992. That's 225-664-9992. Or go see them over at 2500 Florida Boulevard in Denham Springs, Louisiana. And our good friends over at betonline.ag. Guys, I've been telling you about BetOnline. I posted this today. I did not do good on my college picks, but your boy came back. Your boy came back. And we went 5-0 yesterday in the NFL. So I redeemed myself, made a little cheddar. And you know where I made that cheddar? BetOnline.ag. Guys, go over there today. Use your mobile device. Set up. Use your 50% welcome bonus. Use the podcast radio tab. And since you're in the state of Louisiana, they will know your good friend, Blake Rafino at AYS, sent you on by. That's BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag. All right, let's get this thing rolling, y'all. Let's get this thing growing. Barrett Granger out the top says, bring back Dave Aranda. A country Granger. What's up, country? Hey! What's up, country? LSU for Life on YouTube says, the shaking head gloves are off now. Can't wait. Yeah, so I've been asked by a lot of people, and I did this somewhat last night, but I do need to say this before we talk about the head coaching search, and I'm not going to stay on this long. Like, this might be the last day that I talk about the -the off-the-field stuff with Ed Orgeron, okay? So, remember episode 340, because this is the last time I'm going to talk about it. The man's fired. The man's done. No more need for me to talk about it. Let's go win some football games. Let's do good on the recruiting trail. Let's make LSU football great again. And no, I'm not getting political with that statement. So everybody who's going to say, oh, boy, God, I, I'm the furthest from that. It's a joke, kind of. But I want to say this to everybody that's listening and to everybody that will hear me. And look, you don't have to believe me. But the 418 of you that are in here, I would assume that you're in here because you want to hear about who's your next head coach and what is going on with Ed Orgeron and why we are here. And I think it's fair to you to know some things that went on behind the scenes. Let me say this. To all of the individuals that are inside the building at LSU, you're not going to mute my mic. You are not going to come here and get me to stop things that you did behind the behind closed doors, behind or whatever you want to call football ops, what you did, you're not going to stop that. To the fans that watch AYS religiously, you know that I've come on this show and have called the media members out where I felt like they needed to be called out. I've called their reporting shoddy. I've called their reporting absolute Rudy Poo. I've called them out by name, told them that they can come on this platform and we can discuss it. And the only one that had a a cordial conversation with me was Brody Miller from The Advocate. The rest of them declined to comment when I asked them tough questions. So before I say this, just know that if there's anybody in the LSU media or market that has called the media out for more of the Rudy Pooh shit that they've done, it has been me. Tell me anybody else that's done that. So let me say this, though. To everybody that does not believe 
to everybody that doesn't want to hear or because I didn't see it or I don't believe it, that the things that are reported by Brody Miller, Matt Trent, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, Ross Dellinger, that those things didn't happen. Guys, if it didn't happen, I would be out here telling you those guys are Rudy Pooh. Those guys have shot reporting. From Brody Miller to Matt Trent to Matt Moscona, and you guys know how me and Moscona don't have our, you know, have our different our differences. And he said, oh, I don't know who, you know, who AYS is, which is bullshit. He's lying. I've had my differences with those individuals. Guys, what their reporting's not wrong. The Ed Orr's run at the gas station. People, individuals that are at LSU's practice that don't need to be there. That is not false. That is not made up. Because when you have certain individuals that are confirming these stories, what are you supposed to do in reporting? What are you supposed Guys, it's eyewitness accounts. It's people going out there telling you what has happened to them exactly. What they've seen with their own eyes. So just because you don't want to believe it doesn't mean it's not true. You saw the pictures of Orgeron with a woman uh, uh, in a room. You saw the pictures in the pool, mist of COVID, not getting political. You saw that. I didn't do any of that. If you think that LSU did not have reasons to fire Ed Orgeron for calls, you're outside your box. One individual told me today, actually two, that the reason that LSU didn't fire Ed Orgeron for calls is because he's so far off the hinges that they're scared about what will happen if they fire him for calls. As Washington State fires their head coach for not giving a, getting a vaccine, and now he, you know, he's already out there talking about things that he's going to do. Again, not getting political. Don't, not going to get my opinion on that. Just telling you, sometimes when you fire somebody for cause, you better have damn good cause, and LSU did in this case. Now, let's flip the script. And, and, and I'm not, unless something happens where we have to get back to that exact conversation, we are not going to go back to that conversation. If everybody wants to talk about Ed Orgeron off the field dealings, now that it's been reported and everything's going on, let them do that. But it is fair to you and fair to me to come out here and say, you guys know what I do on a regular basis when people have shoddy reporting. Guys, they're not wrong. Believe what you want to believe. We're going to get to the comments, I promise you. I want to say this before we get start or before we get uh, Carter Bryan in here. I talked to an SEC coach today, and – we were talking about, you know, he asked about why Ed Orgeron was fired, and he read some of the reports, yada, yada, yada. And I said, well, how's your coaching staff, or not your coaching staff, but how is your sta- how is the staff that you're around? What are you thinking right now that Ed Orgeron's going to be fired? He goes, the first thing that we thought about when we saw it in our staff, staff meeting on Sunday was, oh, shit. And I was like, well, what do you mean? And I know what he was about to say. Guys, there are coaches that are going to be lining up. Great, fantastic head coaches that want to be at LSU. Because there are so many resources that LSU provides, whether it be money, whether it be uh, facilities, whether it be administration with Scott Woodward, Woodward, whether it be great talent in this state and you don't have another Power 5 school in this state that you have to compete against and recruit and recruiting. LSU has been known over the last 20, 20 years, the biggest, or, or even in 2000, when Nick Saban came in, the biggest sleeping giant out there. And LSU has had success with Les Miles and Ed Orgeron. They had success with Nick Saban, and we all know what he's doing. Those coaches around the country, it doesn't matter who they are. The only coach that's unrealistic to you right now is the man out, or I guess we'd call the man out east. The short five foot seven man out east. 
That's probably the only one that's off limits to you. And us as LSU fans need to understand this. Guys, it is Alabama and it is LSU. No one's been to more titles than you over the last 20 years. So when coaches see that and they see the rich talent that's around here, coaches like Mario Cristobal from Oregon, who has had to go outside of his state religiously to put a competitive team on the field, a competitive Power 5 team on the field, and has had to go nationally his entire career to coach and bring, and has brought in good talent, what do you think he's thinking right now? What do you think he's thinking? Lane Kiffin, <laughs> God bless him, he already knows. And if you think that he has not got his agent, Jimmy Sexton, out here making, trying to get this job, you're outside your damn box. When this man's out here tweeting, I love Bebe, meaning Coach O, I'm so excited for the game this week, LSU football. For everybody who says Lane Kiffin can't come, I somewhat agree with you that maybe from a PR standpoint he can't. That doesn't mean he that, he, that he's not going to try to be the next head coach at LSU. Now, I know a lot of people say Lane, never Lane Kiffin. But he's going to be on that list. And Scott Woodward has the resources and the talent that he can go get that is unrivaled to all other programs in the country. You go and you're able, because you are LSU, you can pick up the phone, making a, just a hypothetical, Scott Woodward can pick up the phone and say, I want Dabo, get him on the phone right now. Get his agent on the phone right now because I want to talk to him. Now, Scott Woodward is a very measured individual, a completely measured individual. But knowing the feeling around the SEC and coaches saying to me, oh, shit, this job, one of them said today, oh, shit, this job just got a lot tougher if LSU doesn't butcher and botch this head coaching hire like they've done before. That's their words, not mine. It's going to be interesting, and a lot of people want it. David says, I heard Corral is banged up and may not play. We'll talk about that more in depth with Carter Bryant. I I, I think that that's a little bit of a smokescreen. And even Orgeron, I like, I love interim Ed Orgeron. If Ed Orgeron would have acted like he does right now, we fell in love with this Ed Orgeron from the press conference he had today. Hey, Coach, Matt Corral might be out. This is Ed's comment. I think Lane's sending me smoke screens. That's the Ed Orgeron we fell in love with. The guy that was charming at the press conferences. The guy that wasn't so uptight at press conferences. The guy that would go out and do whatever it took to win for LSU. Uh, Jacob Marceau says, pay Lincoln Riley $10 million a year. I don't think they'll pay. The only – look, when you get – let me say this. Where's, where's his comment? Um, if you're paying a coach uh, $10 million a year, they better have won a national title. That's all I'm telling you. Uh, Amanda says, why not Dabo? Look, they can make that phone call. Now, I know that there's a lot of people out here talking about Jimbo Fisher. Bruce Feldman saying has said that, oh, well, there's a 100% fact that there's been contact between Scott Woodward and Jimbo Fisher. I'm not going to confirm or deny that. But, guys, again, Scott Woodward is throwing out severe smoke screens to you. Severe. They try to say, I forget, during the A&M coaching search, who they tried to throw out there and said, oh, well, it's not Jimbo, it's this guy, and then everybody knew it was Jimbo. So be careful, and look, there's going to be a lot of names thrown, there's going to be a lot of comments, and there's going to be a lot of things that you'll be like, why is Blake holding on to this information? And I'm not holding on to the information. I just... If, if one thing has taught me about Scott Woodward from the baseball hire is I got to check, double check, triple check, and quadruple check every single thing that comes my way from a sourcing aspect. Because people say that they know, eh. It's funny 
that the week, this is how Scott Woodward works. A couple of weeks ago, the, Bill O'Brien, the offensive coordinator for Alabama's name, starts trickling as a potential head coach for LSU. Knowing the game and knowing that that would probably rattle Alabama a little bit and maybe start getting questions from Nick to Bill O'Brien, the following week, Alabama played Texas A&M, and offensively, offensively, Alabama in the red zone looks horrendous. This is a game of chess. This isn't a game of checkers. Let's get to a couple more, and we're going to get Carter Bryant in here. Y'all wanted him. You got him. Hi-ya. One bad thing about not having electricity for so long and having a doggy door that was malfunctioned, mosquitoes will – doggy door is, is done with. DMT says, Blake, if we run gap scheme early in season and consistently like Jack Marucci helped it – Show us with analytics. I'm gonna put. We're gonna put that to bed right now. That no. Uh uh-uh. uh. No. I, whatever. I'm gonna leave that with part alone. Does O still have a job? No. Um. But we'll get to that. We'll get to that. A lot of people in here firing and coaches they want the lane train. <laughs> and Blaine says Lincoln Riley. All right. Let's do this. Let's get to a very quick break. And we're going to bring in Carter, the power Brian, as we're going to break down with him at Orgeron. Who, do who does he think is a, uh, a good coach that LSU should go after? Uh, and then we'll talk some football with him as well, what actually happened on the field. But let's get to a quick break, and then we'll bring Carter uh, in here. None better than our good friends over the Drake Williams Law Firm and our good friend John Patton over at GMFS Mortgage. Guys, go over to the DrakeWilliamsLawFirm.com. You get pulled over, you get a ticket, you get a DWI, you need a succession title, whatever, family court, your baby mama is leaving you. And you got to go to court. You know who you need to call? The Drake Williams Law Firm. 985-386-7600. 985-386-7600. Tell them your good friend Blake Rafino at AYS. Since you own buying a good friend John Patton over at GMFS Mortgage, buying a new home, Saving money on the mortgage that you have now, even doing that cash out refi. The timing has never been better. Get in touch with him today at 225 614 1234. That's 225 614 1234. Tell him you good boy, Blake Rafino, sent you on by. All right, we got our good friend Carter, the power Bryant, joining us. The man, the myth, the legend. Carter, the power Bryant. My friend, what's happening? What's good, Blake? Are you kidding? Hitting me, the life of an LSU fan can't be any better than this. I, I, I'm telling you, man, we're already at a head coaching search, and your diehard viewers want to talk about gap scheme. That's what I'm all about, baby. Let's go. All right, so this is why I asked you today, uh-huh. Carter. Uh-huh. I asked you today because it's something that we talked about two weeks ago. All right, there's three things that I want to say, and I'm going to give you the floor. Number one, don't tell me that LSU doesn't have depth along the offensive line when Marlon Martinez is taking grown-ass men and putting them in the parking lot. I said that, got ridiculed for it. I'm sorry. That man made 330-pound individuals look like toddlers. That's number one. Two, <laughs> Carter, we talked about gap scheme, and it's something that's been efficient for them and something that they need to get back to. It was fantastic the last two weeks. And number three, what changed? So I'm going to give you the floor. I mean, it's something that we talked about two weeks ago on this show that they needed to be running. What says you? Why do you think that they went to that, and why are they having so much success? Well, some of it is Florida's ineptitude on their coaching staff. Uh, they, they struggled a little bit with what Ed Orgeron struggled with, which is making adjustments in games. So uh, a lot of LSU's rushing success, some of it does come down to Florida, but a, a lot of it came down to, to a few personnel switches. Mm-hmm. Uh, this always showed up to me on tape. I like this kid a lot out of Colorado, but Cole Taylor was always a big liability as a blocker. No doubt. And Jack Mashburn was just moving people. Heck, if you were a neck roll, you better watch out, baby. I know, bro. Dude. I know. <laughs> and he was – 82 was fantastic. He really jumped out. Also, let's be really fair here. Ed Ingram is the most hot and cold player, I think. No doubt. Arguably ever. Like, let's put it this way. Ed Ingram, when he's on, is, like, really, really good. Like, a Zach Mettenberger 
level talent of you to use a quarterback. But when he's off, I mean, he's like Zach, Met- Zach Mettenberger yeah. level of off. <laughs> yeah, it, it's 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 crazy what we saw on the Kentucky tape uh, compared to what we saw this last week. And I will say, I won't, I won't share this player's name, but a former LSU offensive lineman reached out to me and, and was like, dude, I don't know what Ed Ingram's doing. And then this game against Florida, he mowed people down. It was vicious. So a, a lot of it was just guys just playing better. And a lot of it just comes down to running counter. And LSU just kept hammering counter, and that worked out. And what's crazy is Max did not play well, and we really needed TDP uh, to, to carry us. And really, I, I, I want this because you, you have such a wide audience, and I've hammered this point home on the other side of the ball. Um, you know, if you were to list the MVPs uh, of the LSU defense – uh, this past weekend, let, let me ask you this, Blake. Who would you say were the three? And I want everyone watching this just off the top of your head. Who are the three best defensive players for LSU versus Florida? Just off the top of your head, uh, Cardell Flott, right? I, I'd say Damone Clark, right? I'm gonna split between Neil Farrell and and maybe BJ Ojolari. Uh, but that was, right. I mean, we could have that debate, but those would be my three or four. And all those guys deserve it. And, you know, it, Blake, you know this as well. This is how it is on my channel, Power Hour LSU. I, I've always found this to be very interesting. Lafayette people defend their players unlike anything else. God man. bless the it, I know. Three, the, the 337 defends their their players like, I mean, I just kept hearing Sage Ryan is like this superstar player, and he was incredible day one. So that was obviously a guy that you could point out as well. But the dude that really flashed to me and the guy that actually won the game for LSU versus Florida was Jaqueline Roy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's putting together one of the quietest, dominant defensive tackle seasons I think I've ever seen at LSU. And part of the issue is we don't do a good job of – talking about pressures compared to sacks. Right. But what's very fascinating, I did a whole video on him uh, on my channel. The the Dwight McLaughlin interception, pick six, was only because Jaqueline Roy had pressure. If not, the ball would have been completed for like 15 yards. And the final touchdown, or two, the final interception by DeMond Clark, he was beat. He was beat. And Blake, you're a former lineman, and all the former linemen – uh, know how difficult this is. Jaqueline Roy went through a double team, put the center on his rear end, and forced that ball to be thrown Correct. late and allowed Demond Clark to get the interception. Now, here's the thing, Blake. This is why you do it. why what I did. I know everyone wants to talk about the next head coach, and I know everyone wants to talk about the next whatever. But remember, these players deserve the credit that they deserve and the one guy who is not getting any credit for winning us this game past this past Saturday is a Baton Rouge native who just puts in the work. Jaqueline Roy's not a look at me kind of guy. He, he's he's not boisterous. We never really get to hear from him in interview sessions. But God, he can play. He can really play, and I'm so blessed that we're going to get to have him for two more seasons, and well, well, one more season, and Mason for two more seasons after this. Well, we might get Jaquelin for a couple more. I mean, sometimes look, the hype is a real thing when you go to the draft, right? Um, but I agree with you, Carter. I think that look what he does and why he's not starting. I think is look. I don't mean this in a wrong way, but I do think that that's one of the reasons why Ed is fired. Okay. When, I did, yeah, you know, absolutely. so when you don't play that man who PFF has a number one defensive tackle, actually, I saw today the number two defensive interior defensive lineman in the country. Carter, in the country. Jaqueline Roy is the wow, second man. best graded defensive tackle in the country, and he's not even a starter. That is abysmal. Okay. Uh, and right. I agree with you. And, look, we'll, we're going to get to the coaching search and, and, and some of the things with yeah, Ed yeah, yeah. Uh, in a minute. But, look, even on both sides of the ball, like, Carter, have you ever seen a defense? And, look, this happened last year. That could go and get nine turnovers in two weeks last year 
and have four interceptions this week and still give up 42 points? What? The, I mean, it blows my mind how hot and cold this team is and how inconsistent they are. What what puts you in that? Like, what is – I know what it is to me. I think it's coaching from as, from aspects. Yeah. But is that is it simple as saying, hey, coaching is too inconsistent and the players show it on the field? Is that why that happens? Well, the, the here's the thing that's really funny about what you said is consistency. The defense is consistent in a bad way in that they consistently show the opposing offenses the same looks over and over, right? Right. Um, and and God. you and people want to and okay. So here's a funny thing about this, right? We said this the last time I was on here, and I'm sure we got some hate mail for it. I know I did. Oh, <laughs> We 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 all love it. We love we all love Ed Orgeron. We do, right? But a big reason why he is no longer the coach. This is a guy who was talented enough to win plenty of more national championships at LSU. The reason why it did not continue was the hubris as far as your defensive scheme. You just can't beat people every snap, right? Right. As much as we love Jaquelin Roy. He can't do what he did on every snap. BJ can't win on every snap. Mason can't win on every snap. So what do you have to do defensively? Well, you got to throw different looks. And the issue that the LSU defense continued to have, and the reason why our defense over the past couple of seasons, and you notice I said our defense, we've all gone through this together. <laughs> A big reason why our LSU defense does not look great is because it's static. If you look at it in a frame, okay, and, and anyone can do this. You don't have to be a football expert to do this. You you can look at the defense and you can see where everybody's going to go, okay? Now, do the same thing with Georgia's defense and Alabama's defense or even Kentucky's defense to a certain degree. Those guys do a good job of not showing you the same thing over and over. And Correct. that is what that is what ultimately did the Ed Orgeron era in. And there's a lot of other things. But this is something I don't like what we what the media can do sometimes and what people can can make things out to be as far as Ed Orgeron is concerned. Yes, there were off the field things that Ed Orgeron did not handle correctly. And people are digging into this man's personal life, and those things are very relevant. But the bottom line is if you win football games, people don't care. You want to keep a locker room together? Win. Have the scheme where people that are actually going out there and playing at 20 miles per hour and risking their lives for the LSU Tigers, guys don't play as hard when they know that the scheme is not going to work. Correct. So – let, let, I, I want this to be clear from my vantage point. Yes, those off-the-field things were major issues with what happened to our dear, beloved LSU Tigers over the past year and a half. But the bigger issue, and it's always going to be the bigger issue, is the scheme was bad and the actual coaching was bad. Because if that was fine, Ed Orgeron would still be the head coach right now. I said two things, Carter, and then I want to get more into the coaching search and, and recruiting with you because right. I know that you keep up with it. Uh, very. And yeah. Look, I try to keep up with it, but talking to one 18-year-old today, I almost wanted to throw up, you know, but anyway. <laughs> um, I've called this defense vanilla or wafer right. because they're so vanilla, okay? Uh, I, I mean, uh, uh. look – and, and I think that that's a part uh, of even on offensively that I can make the argument from a run-blocking scheme. Carter, if you're running zone right or zone left and the running back's on the right, as a defensive lineman, I know what's coming. I can penetrate and hit other gaps and move with the offensive lineman, which makes them look like trash. And then when they don't know what's coming and you got physical dudes like Marlon Martinez that are literally pushing dudes around – it makes a big difference. You know, when's the last time, Carter, that you've done a film breakdown? Very quickly, and I want to get to recruiting in the, in the coaching search. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But very quickly, when's the last time you saw a blitz from LSU's defense? I'm, I'm being oh, – I, I, Right. And so, with that being said, the last time they did it was Auburn when they tried to blitz Bo Nix. If you remember, they jump it out in the flat. They get a big, you know, a big game, and then they go and score. Right. And then they don't ever do it again because they're so scared. So – I agree with you. I get hate mail for that all the time, but they're like a wafer. Yeah. They're vanilla. Okay, so I I, yeah. I just – and look, and to your point about 
if it, and you're right, some of the, some of the off the field stuff doesn't matter. Like, and, and let's not even go there. But yeah, yeah, my, yeah. Miami, Miami was doing stuff in the late '80s and early '90s that people were rolling their eyes at, but they were winning, so it didn't matter. And I think that you, you know, I think that you're right there. So let. That's a whole we, – we need a whole hour for that conversation. Yeah, And, and so we'll, yeah. we'll find some time to, to get into that. But I do want to get into you with, with you with recruiting. And, look, recruiting is a lifeblood that fuels the dreams of champions. Carter, I know Aaron Anderson has decommitted, but how crucial is it when no, – whatever that day in November is, the last game in November, the Sunday after A&M that they announce a head coach – for recruiting in your opinion? Yeah. So this is obviously a very complicated question, right? Because it is. We, we, we are, we are talking about the psyche of like you talked about 17 and 18 year old kids. I, so on my channel, I, I don't interview recruits. I, I just don't, I talk about recruiting uh, and, and ironically, I, I know a few players in this next cycle um, because you know th- their decision, there's so many different factors that go into it, but there are a few things that do tend to help LSU out in this aspect. The first is this 2021 cycle is the best cycle since LSU's legendary 2017 cycle, no doubt. Which will, I mean, the 2017 class will be the best recruiting class ever. It's going to be really hard to ever beat what those guys did uh but the 2021 cycle is really good i'll tell you this the 2021 cycle so for those that don't know that's mason jack btj malik and yeah this past the, yeah, Gary past Dellinger. Crew, right. yeah so this this class th- this could this class is really special so let's mark that down that's obviously a really good thing so that's going to help out this next recruiting cycle which may not be as good because you have not only younger players but guys that are not only playing well but are going to be with you for at least two more seasons also the transfer portal i do think will help out lsu uh, because i i do think for those that don't know they are putting a new amendment in where you can bring in seven transfers now and it not count against your 25 the reason why that's going to help out lsu more than you know some other schools is lsu is going to be more aggressive offering louisiana three stars which you know i've done research on this it's not as scientific and as deep as i would like it to be but louisiana three stars do hit at an extremely high rate when they go to lsu and I mean, there's famous examples, obviously, of Clyde Ritalaire, but then there's good role players like a Foster Moreau or Duke Riley. So more of those types of guys will come into the cycle and, and that will help out LSU for this next cycle. So do I think it's important to have a head coach ready to go uh, by the early signing period? I do, but I also don't think it's as big of a deal breaker as people make it out to be because I'm not sure if you know rushing to get a coach that 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 you don't like just to have it by that deadline and I understand a lot of people will think that that deadline is so important I'm not so sure that it is Blake because of those reasons It's hard to argue. No, you no, no. What I, no, what I was going to say is it's hard to argue your point. Okay. The only pushback that I would give is only for this, though, Carter, is because this yeah. class is so damn good. You know, like, I mean, bro, you got like just offense. The biggest thing that I don't think people realize in this Ed Orgeron being fired is because you have guys like Will Campbell, Emory Jones. And, and look, I don't think that they'll decommit, but God bless it if they do, okay? Because that's the problem that LSU has had is getting offensive linemen. And look, Mario Cristobal yeah. is a guy that's high on people's list to be the next LSU head coach. He came in here, Carter, twice and got five-star offensive linemen. There were top five picks or top ten picks in the NFL. That's the kind of stuff that I'm worried yeah. about, especially when everybody says, oh, the, uh, Carter, the O-line ain't that good, man. And then we have to sit here and break down that, you know, well, look, they're actually not that bad. 
So yeah. the only pushback I give on that is just because, look, <laughs> bro, they're just so deep. And, and look, yeah. I, I do say this. The Aaron Anderson, although I think Aaron Anderson is extremely talented, I still think yeah. that you got guys out there that are really good, and I'm not going to say you can replace, but, they, I mean, guys, man, like this thing, Malik Neighbors, for an example, okay, not a really hot, heavily recruited guy. Look what he's doing right now. So I'm not worried about the skill position as much as I am worried about the big daddies in the trenches. Uh, Carter, let's spend about mm-hmm. another five to six, seven minutes just about this coaching search, in your mind, what do you, when you look at it for a good coach, now I've said that, look, Mel Tucker's going to get a look, Mario Cristobal's going to get a look, James Franklin's going to get a look even though it, it's really tough. There's a lot of great coaches out here that are going to get looks to be the next head coach. Um, what says you, who, who, if you, if you were Scott Woodward, who does Carter Bryant like and who would Carter Bryant go after? And I know it's tough because you don't, you know, you don't ever really know, but Who's someone you always kept your high your eyes on? So I, I've always said this. I'm not the best coaching search guy. It's such a hard <laughs> thing to do. I, it, re, it really right. is. And and that, we're lucky. I mean, Scott Woodward is obviously really, really good at it. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's obviously key. One more thing on the recruiting thing. Uh-huh. The only thing that will cause me to just lose it is obviously Will Campbell and Emory Jones because they do play such important positions. But Walker Howard is a national championship level quarterback. As that, no if for some reason these Notre Dame things actually happen, that's where you go into a ball and cry your eyes out. <laughs> as great as Aaron, as great as Aaron Anderson is, I mean, heck, I, I, JoJo Earl's like my highest rated wide receiver ever uh, that I've ever high school evaluated. He was that freaking great. Uh, well, he didn't come and and. LSU's got LSU got Malik Neighbors instead, and he's really good. So, I mean, you're never going to run out of wide receivers at LSU. But anyway, as far as the head coaching candidacy is concerned, I'm, I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to be basic. I know everyone likes deep outside the box things. I'm going to be a basic Becky here. I'm going pumpkin spice coffee. I mean, every basic thing you could say about an individual I'm about to say right now, Lane Kiffin's my number one candidate. I, I don't know how you feel about that, Blake. He's my number one. I The way that I feel about this, and I kind of start, started my opening monologue, Carter, about this, is I like Lane Kiffin as a head coach. Actually, quite honestly, I actually kind of love him as a head co- or as a coach because I think he, right. did, he, he just – he definitely 100% does things for you offensively that you can't replicate in a lot of with a lot of different coaches. But then, and I know that this isn't his fault, but then you have situations like Tennessee fans throwing cans of mustard and golf balls at him because of what the things that he's done off the field. And Carter, for me, I feel like this hire has to be more of a culture fit, right? Like, right. And I hate the word culture, but maybe even a just just a good fit because we don't especially after everything that's going on right now with Les Miles with Ed Orgeron it feels like you need a good coach that's buttoned up and doesn't grow beards like me and shaves his face like a real man like a real man I guess as some people say and and it's kind of buttoned up but is a good coach however 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 Carter he's a freaking offensive guru I mean yeah. If if you're if you hire him, it, I'm with these LSU athletes and with Walker Howard coming in, Carter, and he hires a good defensive coach, Carter. It could be over, like it, it, yeah, could, it could realistically be. be over. Yeah, I, I, and and that's that's me. Like I, I'm a I'm a ceiling guy. Give me the guy with the highest ceiling, and Lane's ceiling is through the roof. Now. You have guys that are more buttoned up. So, for instance, if Mel Tucker was a coach of Ole Miss, if Dave Veranda was a coach of Ole Miss, they're not throwing golf balls at him. They're not throwing vape pins at him. They're right. not throwing overalls at him or whatever they were throwing at him. How would you throw overalls anyway? I'm an idiot. Uh, but that would Look, be I grew up in the country, and I still don't know. <laughs> but but that's that's the thing right uh and that does come along with lane kiffin and i've battled with that as far as like i just released my coaching hot board on this channel or on my channel right before i came on here and look 
Lane, Lane obviously is really talented, but this is the key thing, right? Lane Kiffin also is very analytically sound as far as when to go for it on fourth down. Dave Veranda is as well. Um, James Franklin's t- uh, uh, history with that is actually pretty good as well. And here's here's what I, here's what I'll say to the, to all the viewers that that watch your channel. There's not many things you have as a head coach that you 100% control. You don't know if the players you recruit are going to turn out to be great. You don't know if the coaches that you hire are going to turn out to be great. Right. You don't know if the scheme you're going to run for. Uh, the game against Ole Miss or the game against Alabama is going to work. However, something that you have 100% control of as a coach is when to go for it on fourth down, is when to use your timeouts. It's how you control games between the headset and your all those things. And I go back to what I said earlier about Ed Orgeron, right? He was not good in that department. Horrible. Didn't Let's call it what it was. Right. Call, call, that, horrible. Okay, there are things he's better at. Obviously, is <laughs> obviously recruiting is one of those things. It got to the point though where the rest of the SEC got better and games became more 50-50 in nature. So when you make bad decisions, such as punting the football too often or not letting Cade York try a field goal from 58 yards out in perfect conditions versus Auburn only for them to get the football back and drive down the field and get a field goal themselves, which resulted in a six point swing in that game. Those things, I know that was a lot to take in, but that was a huge bad decision that he made. Lane Kiffin just always goes for it. And for everyone out there that's, watching this or listening to this however you're consuming this more often than not you shouldn't punt uh it's amazing what the math actually says about going for it on fourth down and looking at dave aranda's history with that and looking at lane kiffin's history with that albeit it's just this year those guys are really good at those things and ultimately i care about you as a football coach because if you as a football coach wins football games culture will take care of itself everyone being happy will take care of itself that's why you're the youtube goat i mean nobody's better at you in breaking down film talking about this and look everybody's in the chat saying rafino and bryant 2024 for lsu you know coaching you know i mean look we should do it carter just throwing it out there look i'll even go on the bottom carter rafino ticket how about that Huh? Huh? You, you want you want to know what's funny about that, Blake? Though, is I I mean, look, I I give Ed. I know I've been very very critical of Ed Orgeron this past year. I love this man. Like it's a lot different when you're actually between the headset, and I've never actually been in that spot. I think about it all the time. And here's something else that's really fascinating about this, Blake, is the worst coach in the NFL right now between the headset as far as fourth down decision making is concerned. I want you, I want you to give it your best guess. Who is the absolute worst? Um, according, I saw one analytic model that actually rated this guy as the worst in the NFL. In the NFL, Just give it your best guess. I'm going to say Bill Belichick. It's Bill Belichick, the greatest coach of all time. So the thing is, people get these things wrong all the time. The best of the best. I'm telling you this: the end of Clemson Syracuse was the worst coached fourth quarter between Dabo Sweeney and Dino Babers, guys that make a lot of money, guys that are really <laughs> well respected in this profession. They both were horrible, horrible. It's hard. What we're talking about being a coach, it's really hard. There's so many things that you have to be able to do. So while I am critical, I always acknowledge what the what these guys do under heavy pressure is obviously you know really difficult to to actually accomplish. Carter, you're fantastic, bro, and I love you. And we got to bring you on more, more and more often. Tell everybody where they can catch you. I know that they know everybody knows about uh, the Power Hour, but just in case some Rudy Pooh doesn't know, tell everybody where they can catch you. Go on ahead, Power Hour LSU on YouTube. I get my full coaching board. There was one name that we didn't talk about that I give on on that list, and that's what we do. We just do deep 
LSU football breakdowns. I'm not smart enough to do baseball or basketball or any of that. So we just, uh, it's just LSU football all the time. And Blake always, man, you, you rep, you rep my dog, man. I always appreciate the booger bands. Huh? 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 So for those that don't know, Blake is, uh, uh, a fan of dogs. We're a big dog channel over at Power Hour. Oh, LSU. look what I have Ooh, here! Look at that, oh, is man. that a Jerry Stovall signed card? Yeah. Oh, interesting, interesting. Yeah, it's man. very close to my heart. You cannot have this back, Carter Bryant. I'm just letting you know. Uh, I know. I do, <laughs> dude. It, what's crazy about that card is it's uh, it's an on card autograph, so that makes it. And that's a legend, man. I mean, Mark Mark does have book bands. I, I remember that. Uh, what's interesting is, you know, I'm big into football cards. That's uh-huh. all I do is football cards and LSU football. Uh, an on card autograph of you know Jerry Stovall, man. That's that's just so freaking awesome, man. But I wanted to give it to someone that I know would appreciate uh, the history because my knowledge of like pre 2000 LSU football is awful. Okay. <laughs> like I, like, I know about like Charles Alexander and, and obviously Kev Falk or guys I look up to, but you know, th- th- dude, there's so much history, you know, pre the modern era LSU with Paul Dietzel and the bandits and, you know, all these crazy crazy players but i appreciate you as always blake and i appreciate your viewers man they're great my friend we'll see you soon you have a good night see you man see you on peach street baby (laughs) that is carter the power bryant joining us always just fantastic uh at what he does and and look i see the chat talking about lane kiffin uh and, and look i agree and that's why i just can't see lane kiffin being the next head coach at lsu the immaturities the things that he does off the field, I just don't think it's going to happen. You know, and look, let's – and we'll even go around the SEC, and, and I told you that I was going to tee off on Tennessee. Guys, first off, it is not Lane Kiffin's fault that shit was being thrown at him and his players by Tennessee fans, and that is absolute garbage. The things that they did to Greg Schiano, you got Clay Travis out there whining like a titty baby a couple of years ago, and Blake, we like Clay Travis. I don't care what you like. It doesn't change the fact that he's a crying piece of a crybaby who always wants to go out there, <laughs> I don't want Greg Schiano. Well, look what your program is. And however, the reason things like that happen is because Lane Kiffin has a, a, a shady past and things that he's done. He can, and look, there's going to have to be a lot of convincing from Scott Woodward if Lane Kiffin's the guy. However, when it comes to on the field, guys, that, you know, there is no, there's no typing him offensively. And, you know, even – this game this week against Ole Miss. Guys, this week's a winnable game. Ole Miss still does not have the talent, and they're very injured on both fronts. They do have, in my opinion, the best player in college football right now in Matt Corral, but he's dinged up. There can be a scenario where LSU wins this game. They go into the bye week. I still don't believe they beat Alabama. They still have the talent to compete with the Texas A&M. We saw Arkansas, and Arkansas starting to slide down a little bit. Guys, Eight and four is very realistic. Eight and four for this team is very realistic. And God forbid, I mean, <laughs> I they're just not going to beat Alabama. So I mean, they their chances of getting to this eight and four or record is very doable. But you best believe that Lane Kiffin this week is going to do everything he can as an interview to Scott Woodward that he wants his coaching job that he won't see LSU job. And if you believe anything else, you're kidding yourself and you're fooling yourself. So, I was going to go around the SEC. We might do Rudy Poos of the Week next week. We don't really have a lot of time uh, left, but I know Ryan Thibodeau says Rudy Poo of the Week to the Tennessee fans. Uh, what we might do is table because we did go a little long with Carter, and that was fantastic having him on. So, anytime we go a little over, we'll just do things tomorrow. It, it's not like that big of a deal. Um, it's not that big of a deal. But Kenny says, Brian Kelly hasn't gotten over the hump playoff-wise, but usually has good regular seasons. Yeah, and I think Brian Kelly is one of those individuals that I think he hits a um, he hits a stag. He, I mean, how well can you do things at Notre Dame? Um, 
and look, when you go around the SEC, when you look at Arkansas and Sam Pittman, and they've taken a step back. Guys, you do have Texas and Oklahoma. You have Steve Sarkeesian coming into this in this league. You have uh, Lincoln Riley coming into this league. Does uh, Scott Woodward want to find a way to bring in an offensive-minded coach? His history says yes. But it's Lane Kiffin, that guy. I know that – and look, I know a lot of people in the media are saying cross him off the list. I Lane Kiffin's the type of individual that I'm never going to say anything – like don't cross him off of any list because you never know what you're going to get with Lane. Ever. And this is his audition. So – We'll see. And, look, I don't think – I said the Brian Kelly thing. I don't think Brian Kelly comes. But, that, guys, he's still doing something at Notre Dame that I just don't – I think is pretty impressive. I think he's pretty impressive. Uh, if you missed the beginning of the show, go, guys, you need, every LSU fan needs to go back to the beginning of the show and watch it, uh, especially um, uh, especially you all LSU fans. Tommy says, Rudy, hashtag Rudy Pooh of the week to the SEC officials. I agree with that one wholeheartedly. Um, not just in the LSU game, um, but in the Ole Miss-Tennessee Miss, Ole Miss Tennessee game, the Arkansas-Auburn game, the Alabama-Mississippi State game. I mean, every single one of them. Guys, they are just so effing bad. I, I, I don't know what the answer is about these SEC officials. Because they are horrendous. I, I, I wish I could come out here and give a, 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 a some kind of thought on this, but other than them just being absolutely trash, I, I don't know what else to say. Some of the holding calls that they had on LSU, seeing some of the things Florida was doing and not getting a penalty, the, the Alabama game, Going back and watching that Alabama game more today, or was it today? No, it was yesterday. Going back and watching more of that Alabama-Mississippi State game, I almost wanted to vomit. Like, it's clearly blatant that Mississippi State wasn't getting shit. Go figure. Like, I think it was Evan Neal almost damn near tackling a guy when he when the guy he's trying to block is about to hit Bryce Young. So it's it, it's guys, it's so bad. Uh, Brandon Blake says, "What's the hire, hiring criteria for the SEC official?" I really or I really don't know. I I really don't know. And everybody talking about robots and this and that, guys. Quite honestly, um, huh? I don't know. Uh, Chuck says on YouTube, this will be the last one we get to, but he asked, does Tommy Moffitt, the head strength coach, survive this coaching change? Look, maybe Tommy wants to, to call it quits. I mean, look, he's been doing this one, doing this at LSU for a long time. Um, whoever, whoever the next head coach is going to be is going to bring in their new coach or is going to bring in their new guy. Um, and that's not a slight at Tommy. It's not a slight at Tommy. Um, but guys, this is the coaching business and guys making a million dollars a year. I don't think that in high six figures a year, I I really don't feel sorry for, uh, Tommy Moffitt is a good guy. He's a great guy. He's been a mentor to a lot of good friends of mine, but sometimes this coaching profession is a dog eat dog world. And I don't know if he survives it, you know, a lot. And look, I'll say this too. For a lot of people in that building, a lot of them should be nervous. A lot of them should be nervous. Guys, LSU needs a complete overhaul. From the way that they do things to some of the some friends of mine, friends of mine in the media, to what they do inside that building. I mean, guys, it's atrocious. Hi, yeah. I'm coming, buddy. All right. Let's call it a night. We will see y'all again tomorrow. We're going to be continually guesting it up. Until then, guys, y'all have a good night. Peace out, Girl Scouts. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.